0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 748, recorded live on January 14th, 2023, and here are your hosts, the man who didn't win anything in the latest lottery jackpot, Dave Palais. And the man who won four dollars. Andy Lowe, hi.
1: How much was how much was the ticket?
0: Uh two dollars for a ticket.
1: Okay. How many tickets did you get? Three tickets. So you lost two dollars. <laughs> Do you have to pay taxes on a four dollar jackpot?
0: No. Okay. You vote. No, they, they, um, if there's, uh, the lottery company knows exactly what the threshold is. So they will mail you, they, they, you have to above a certain threshold limit, um, declare your, your lottery winnings and they will handle it for you.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well, congratulations, Andy, on matching what a number? Uh, one number and the Powerball number. Nice. Or so the, close. The Mega yet Millions. Yet so yeah. far away.
0: Yeah. Well, did one person matched all the numbers,
1: but missed the Powerball.
0: No, they 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 got all the numbers. One so person they got won. Yep. One person won one point three five billion dollars.
1: Damn.
0: In the Lebanon, Maine.
1: Well, okay then.
0: I don't even know how big Lebanon. No, not LeBron James. Lebanon. Lebanon. Maine.
1: maine,
0: town of lebanon maine population 6469
1: so it's a town where a lot of people know a lot of people not everyone with everyone but you're probably looking at like two degrees separation to get like 90 percent of the town
0: probably yeah oh right next to the coast
1: now it would have been really funny if like i actually had played the lotto and won something And then you you go through your whole opening and like, oh, no, actually, Andy, I won like 800 bucks off of it.
0: Well, that's why um, this is still actually the the first time that the lottery went past a billion dollars or something like that. Um, I bought tickets through the, the website because mm-hmm. you could do that. That was a new yeah. thing. And so they gave me a bunch of free plays on one of their web games. So I'm like, well, sure, I'll do some, I'll play some web video game gambling things. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. And on that one, I won one hundred dollars. And I've just, the the process to actually remove that $100 from the website and the app, I would have to send in like driver's license and a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't want to do that. <laughs>
1: So it's a hundred dollars that you won, but it's just sitting there. Yes. So you, I've been, you know, you can't get to it.
0: Well, we, the Kate and I, every year for our anniversary, <laughs> we always buy lottery tickets, one for each year that we've been married. Okay. So we've just been pulling from that hundred dollars. Uh, so technically it's like, you know, they, they gave me the credits for the game and I won a hundred dollars on those credits. So have I technically actually lost anything yet?
1: Okay. True. <clears throat>
0: I don't know. That's, that's just, so it's like, okay, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw the lottery six bucks on a completely astronomically small chance that I win since it's technically their money anyway. Right. I've just been slowly giving it back to them.
1: <laughs> You're like, thanks for letting me play with this money. Yep. It, here you go. I have it back yep. slowly, but surely. Yep. <clears throat> well, Okay. Yeah, everybody uh, at work was
0: like, "So who's not coming in on uh, on Monday?" And we're just like, "No, nobody, nobody here is gonna."
1: No, everyone, everyone gets that kind of like, "Oh, what if?" Mm-hmm. But the chances are just so. so, 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 like, ridiculously small.
0: But somebody sooner or later actually does win, unfortunately. So, how was your week,
1: Dave? Uh, My week was okay. It was very focused on one particular, two particular things in the news. Uh, one, One more newsworthy nationally than the other. The other one very surprising that it's made such, like, huge national news. It's actually in our topics list, which is this whole thing with the OGL.
0: All right. I tried reading this and I don't know what's going on. So you're going to have to break it down for me.
1: Okay. Step back to third edition. Do you remember oh, third edition?
0: Yep. I have the, are those three or 3.5 books? You probably 3.5, but like that era. Yeah. So yes, I Wizards have the Wizards of books. the
1: Coast wanted, Wizards looked at it and said, look, like we want people to buy our books. But if you think about a typical D&D group, generally, there's like one set of books yep so shit how can we get people to buy our books and oh shit like making content for our books is expensive right like paying artists and designers and coming up with uh adventure paths are that's expensive so wizards of the coast sat down and said all right we're gonna take our rule set and it's called the srd let me look up what SRD is. Like yeah, the systems reference document, the SRD, uh, which basically says, here's the rules. Like, here's, here's pieces of the rule set for D&D. And they said, look, if you want to use the SRD, you're welcome to use it. You have to sign this thing called the Open Gaming License. And the o- Open Gaming License was, you can make stuff in D&D using the D&D rule set, and it's yours. And that's totally okay. You can make money from it. You don't have to pay us for it.
0: So this was... Like
1: third-party writers and everything else? Right. Okay. So fast-forward to 4th Edition. 4th Edition was not released with the open gaming license. 4th Edition was Wizards saying, ah, uh, no, we want to have more control. We don't want these other like third-party publishers making all this content, um, and so we're, we're going to limit it. 4th Edition got some pretty serious backlash. They came out with 5th Edition. 5th Edition came out with the OGL again. <laughs> okay. This was OGL 1.0 recently, like a couple weeks ago, Wizards leaked, or someone at Wizards leaked, uh, the OGL 1.1. And in that leak, it said, among other things, uh, we are revoking the OGL 1.0. It said, um, you are welcome to make whatever content you want, but, like, we have the permission to resell it and basically take ownership of it. And it was very vague, and it wasn't well-defined, and it sounded kind of illegal, because there was this standing agreement, the OGL, that Wizards was claiming was revocable, de- like despite it basically saying this is irrevocable. Um, so people got a little pissed, and people got very pissed, and people got very pissed.
0: One thing you don't want to do is piss off gaming a bunch nerds. Of nerds.
1: Don't piss off nerds. Um, so that's that's kind of my my very super high level. Basically, there is a legal agreement, a document, and wizards would like to change it because they are greedy asses. Do you understand that much of it?
0: Yes. I get that part now. Okay. So then they are stepping back from that leak now, saying that the it's not actually what it's going to be?
1: <clears throat> so... All right. Well, so so everything goes crazy. And then I'm trying. I haven't actually looked at which topics you you posted. You got Wizards and the OGL. Yep, good. Uh perfect. Yep, that's a great article about it um where they're like, "Hey, we we want to do this." Uh the leak draft was just terrible. a draft. Well... Is what they're saying. Right. So before Wizards makes this retraction, Paizo comes out. Now, Paizo is a company that exists because of the OGL.
0: Yeah, Pathfinder is because of this, right?
1: Right. Paizo is the publisher of Pathfinder, and they made Pathfinder because of the open gaming license. And in fact... Um, Wizards of the Coast, like when when Paizo licensed from Wizards, they were this small publisher, and then Wizards was going to go to fourth edition, Paizo said, hey, like, we're going to keep using the third edition stuff under the open gaming license, and basically like bought the rights to do that from Wizards. And so they formed their own company, Paizo, and they kept publishing Pathfinder under the Pathfinder rule set, which was based on the SRD, which was totally legit because of the OGL. Um, they are a very large company now. Paizo yes, path- Pathfinder is a
0: lot bigger now than it was.
1: Right. They're probably the largest company that makes content that was based on the SRD. So Paizo comes out two days ago i think yeah thursday and basically said all right so ever since the leak people have been asking us what we've thought and we have been trying to give wizards of the coast the time they need to respond they haven't responded yet uh so we're responding and basically like shit on wizards of the coast it's it's gorgeous have you read paizo's response
0: they're basically saying like look we we were there when it was written we understand
1: not not just we were there when it was written the owner and the president of paizo used to work for wizards of the coast not only worked for wizards of the coast they were the leads on dungeons and dragons the law firm that paizo uses the co-founder is the lawyer who wrote the original ogl oh <laughs> It's not like, oh, we were in the room where it happened. These were the people that did it. And they're saying, like, no, it can't be deauthorized. It can't be revoked. That was the whole point. And fuck you, Wizards of the Coast. And it gets better because they've said, look, Wizards is threatening to, like, go home and take their football with them. But the joke's on them. Uh, the entirety of second edition Pathfinder does not use anything from the SRD, which means they've been publishing it with the OGL, the Open Gaming License, just kind of for the fuck of it. Like, just to make it so it's it's a smaller target to Wizards, and so that other people can use their content. There can be third-party modules of Pathfinder. Um, So... (laughs) They they basically dropped a fuck you letter to Wizards uh, and said, we're not playing with your football anymore. You're welcome to take it home. In fact, we brought our own. And so they are making something called the Open RPG Creative License, the Orc. <laughs> uh, they already have some of the like largest other publishers on board with this. Cobalt Press, Chaosium, Green Ronin, Legendary Games, Rogue Genius Games um yes you,
0: you know they're big names because i actually recognize a couple of those names
1: right like legendary games and Cobalt press yes yeah um so they're they've already signed them on to the the open rpg creative license and they like it's just it's hilarious they even go through like line by line the stuff that wizards was doing saying like look we're going to make this so that even if someone buys paizo they can't revoke this even if like we go in a different direction it will be irrevocable um no no company that publishes that makes money publishing rpgs will own this it will be held by a law firm until it can be taken by a non okay <clears throat> so paizo drops that on thursday wizards <laughs> Uh, finally, finally, after like two weeks of being silent, despite the publication date on their quote unquote draft document being January 6th, like the the draft document had the published date on it, uh, Wizards comes out and says, oops, sorry, you guys totally misunderstood. That's kind of our bad, but also your bad. It's not what we meant. That's not what we were trying to do. Uh, but we hear you. And, like, we rolled on that one, and that's on us, and, like, trying to just backtrack. But the the terrible thing is they're trying to backtrack without giving away stuff, without – one, there's, like, no admission of wrongdoing, of, like, this was a bad idea, we're really sorry, we thought we would make money on doing this, like – they they um, they're like we were not trying to do what you said we're trying to do um, despite draft language calling for 25% royalty on revenues above $750,000 that there won't be any royalty structure so they were looking at $750,000 revenue as the like if you make more than this then you have to pay us and like that's that's not a lot if you're if you're a publisher $750,000 revenue that's not very much no <clears throat> designed to apply to large corporations to use the OGL content, yeah, bullshit. Um, yeah, basically the dra- the quote unquote draft, which wasn't a draft, it was a leak. Um, they're they're making the claim that they wanted to get community feedback on it, that they wanted to to give people a chance to read it and get to know it, and all of that is just absolute bullshit. So yeah. Oh, and they're also like, we're all winners at the end of it. So it's just been hilarious. So
0: Hasbro, I'm guessing, is not the best owner.
1: Definitely not the the best steward of of Dungeons and Dragons.
0: I'm Mm -hmm. shocked. I'm not shocked.
1: (laughs) Spoiler: He wasn't shocked. (laughs) D and D &D Beyond, which is the subscription service for D and D, has seen like a mass exodus of users. WotC called out for being the most delusional company ever.
0: <sighs> oh, yep, here we go. On Hasbro's Wikipedia page, already in late December of 2022, Hasbro and subsidiary company Wizards of the Coast fell under fire of backlash from Dungeons & Dragons. hmm So, yep. So, how, so when was the last time you actually did anything actually dungeons and dragons related does pathfinder count no because that's not okay. actually dungeons and dragons
1: okay you mean licensed by wizards of the coast dungeons and dragons
0: yes actual like trademarked registered with stamped
1: playing is that what you mean by the last time i've done something or just well like, how, when
0: was the last time you have actually done something that would be directly affected by wizards of the coast
1: i mean I mean i watch dimension 20 all the time
0: oh yeah social media
1: dimension 20 is a uh a watching group of i don't know what they it's not like a let's play live play it's a live play DD uh that does use fifth edition rules it's D 5e it's set in its own like universe it's not using the dnd mythos
0: but it's still using their rule books.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't, they don't have any of the books on camera. Excuse but yes, but camera. they're using you know, the, the framework. Know it. But yeah. They are using the framework. Okay. So I watched that. I watched the, the um, Acquisitions Incorporated stuff.
0: Yeah, I forgot about social media. That That's going to be the new thing.
1: Yeah, which is what Wizards was trying to get a, a chunk of the money of. Mm-hmm. Right, the whole point of this was that, like, oh, like, you want to run a wizard and a d game? Cool, but we can use things like your characters' names and the story you're telling in our promotional work.
0: Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Well, we'll see what this goes. Well, speaking of um, open licensing and that sort of thing. So Google Stadia is shutting down in a matter of days. Probably by the time you listen to this, it's already shut down. But um, the Google Stadia team... Announced two things before they're shutting down. The first one is that they're releasing Worm Game.
1: Worm Game?
0: Yes. Worm Game was the um, tech demo game that the Stadia team used when they were designing the Stadia.
1: This looks very familiar. Like like, that, it, this looks like a game I used to play. I mean, it also looks like Snake, but it's Snake with, like, an extra couple twists. Yes. <clears throat> that's adorable.
0: So, that's, that's the <laughs> one. The first thing is it that, like
1: game of the year but the Stadia team has spent a lot of time playing it we thought we'd share it with you so that's
0: that's, that's the first cute. thing yep yeah. the second thing is that they are committing to enabling bluetooth on the controllers
1: yay your controller isn't going to be useless nope it's it's actually
0: you know, it's the people have been trying to, you know, work, get workarounds for trying to get it to work. And there are a couple of, you know, apps out on the Android or the Google Play Store that, you know, are supposed to help you out with this. But Google said, we'll share the details next week, how to enable it. But we are going to have a self-serve tool that will enable the Bluetooth on the controller to work. So that's, that's, that's the bigger one. The little one's like, hey, look at this little game that we all used to play, and we're just going to give it to everybody. Second thing, your controller's actually going to work once Stadia gets shut down. So good.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. I should go... I wonder how much those controllers are going for right now on eBay. I should also
0: see if I've actually gotten my refund yet.
1: <clears throat> Google Stadia Premiere Controller, 20 bucks.
0: Oh, here we go. Your Google Stadia refund from Google Store... <clears throat> okay, so it looks like I got it on November 30th. Uh, your Google refund for this, your refund was issued. Total refund of twenty three fifty five because I picked it up when it was on dirt cheap sale. Because I was like, ooh, Chromecast plus controller for $24. bucks, i will take that. All right, so good. I got my refund. That's, I'm all set now. <clears throat> now I just have to figure out what the heck I'm going to play with it.
1: I mean, you, what, what games do you play nowadays, Andy, besides your phone?
0: Um, Hearthstone. Mm-hmm.
1: And, Which you can play on your phone.
0: Yes. <clears throat> um, I'm still working my way through Big Pharma.
1: Okay. How old is Isaac now? He's five and a half? Yep. Almost six? I don't know, man. Sounds like that's about the, the age we would have been when Mario came out.
0: Well, his thing right now is um, geography quizzes. Like he literally, uh, before going to bed, did, where is it? Do I still have that up? He was able to locate on a map that that Cetera app that I talked to you about, randomly reviewed it. Mm -hmm. He, He did the 193 countries of the world. He was able to find all of them in 20 minutes and change. And not only that, he does it where he starts to find a couple of ones in North America and South America first. So he actually skips a bunch that I know he knows where they are, but he'll still skip them. Yeah. Until he he gets enough of the North America and South America. And then he'll do North America, South America and Europe. And then North America, South America, Europe and Asia. And then he'll add Oceania and then he'll add Africa to it.
1: Jeez, this kid is going to know his geography.
0: No, he, he knows his geography hmm Like, I just showed him the thing there. He's like, oh, that's Peru. Okay. What are all the countries surrounding Peru? Well, there's Colombia and Chile. And I'm looking, I'm like, what's with this island? He's like, that's not an island country. And I'm like, well, it looks like an island. But he's like, well, that's um, it Ecuador. Shoot, I can't even remember. There's like a South American country just north, uh, north. Yeah, Ecuador. Ecuador's got these islands just out in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Didn't I even mean, know those existed. Generally, someone's got to have
1: islands. <laughs> like someone if the island is there generally someone someone has claimed it guess right? <laughs> hello like, US
0: and British empires
1: right so like it's probably what Isla Isabella. I don't know. Probably um, part of Ecuador.
0: Yes, that's the one. Yes. So it's like, oh, I don't even know those islands were there, but they're mm. part of Ecuador. <laughs> and then he's going through. He's like, <laughs> well, what's the, what's the capital of Peru? He's like Lima. And then he's like, well, what, you know, what's the flag? And there's like eight flags, and he can actually name all eight of the flags. And then he's like telling me, he's like, okay, so which one is it? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I, know. I didn't study this. <laughs> I'm like, I know that one's Colombia. And that one is Ecuador because. Colombia and Ecuador, very similar, mm-hmm. and that one's Brazil because I just know Brazil's flag, and so I'm like, I'm, you know, whittling my way down, but I'm still at a 50-50 odds by the time I get down. I'm like, it's one of these two flags. Uh, I'm going to pick this one, but yes, no, right now his geography game is on freaking fire.
1: Okay, so maybe no Super Mario. Mm-hmm.
0: He's he's fun. He, he's found these um, YouTube videos of like battle royales,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which, you know, somebody takes a map and they have a spinner. And so, like, one spinner is all the – like, in the U.S., it's all the states. And there's another spinner that's a direction. So, the, the guy will spin it and be like, oh, Virginia. Virginia is going to attack somebody. Who is Virginia going to
1: attack? Oh, yeah. This, I've seen these.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, that's what he's been doing now. He actually has a United States puzzle that's currently set up with all the states in a big circle behind me. And have he you? was spinning a pencil. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. Yep. That's adorable. Have you played um, GeoGuessr with him yet?
0: I have not. The problem is the fact that GeoGuessr actually costs money now. What? Well, There's you know, they free... they have like the one free like guesser every
1: day. Game play free now create an account connect as me welcome to GeoGuessr complete our tutorial. I don't want to complete the tutorial. Why am I doing a tutorial? Just let me play in GeoGuessr. Fine, I guess there. This is the stupidest thing in the world. Mhm. That it's it's like making you do a tutorial. Take a walk. I don't want to take a walk. (laughs) I want to just get to the freaking games.
0: Yeah, they have a pro subscription that you can play more game modes.
1: Gain XP? This is fucking GeoGuessr! (laughs) Complete the previous cups to unlock other cups. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The daily challenge. Explorer mode. Pick a country to play. Do your best to track your overall progress. But I don't want it to tell me which country I'm in. If it tells me which country I'm in, that's half the game. <laughs> Do you know how easy it is if you already know what country you're in?
0: Yeah, for unlimited play and to unlock additional features, we offer a pro account starting at a monthly cost of $2.
1: You get five minutes of free play. hmm When time is started, it will refill again in 15 minutes. This is bullshit. How much is it for a subscription? $2 a month. Uh, okay. So, like, that's not bad. $2 a month actually isn't bad, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll buy a year's subscription for Isaac's birthday for you. Well, He's do he's he's more about maps rather than actual like well, on but, the ground. Yeah, but this this combines
0: the two of yeah. them. You have to place yourself on the map. I know, but this one is right now. He would look. He's just likes, you know, looking at a map and going, "Okay, what are the uh, uh, what are the territories of Canada? Okay, you know which which territory is this? <clears throat> is this Alberta? No, that's British Columbia. Well, you know, Canada. I you, can still school. You on would it, know but,
1: better than I, my friend."
0: And I'm sitting there, you know, I'd be like, he talks about all these countries like, do you want to go there? And he's just like, no, I don't want to go there.
1: <laughs> no, nah, there's a zoo there.
0: <clears throat> yeah, at some point, I'm going to try and get him on a train to Chicago to go to the yes. zoos there. But hey, with all the Amtrak stories going through the news right now, I I, I don't think that'd be a good idea. What,
1: what Amtrak stories are going through the news?
0: Oh, there's been a bunch of delays. There was a Amtrak train from I think (laughs) Philadelphia down to Florida that took 37 hours
1: that's a long trip it was not supposed to take
0: 37 hours no so
1: yeah well okay then I mean Kalamazoo to Chicago is what like a three-hour train ride
0: something like that
1: oh excuse me how long could they make it last really
0: oh don't um shoot let's see Amtrak train delayed over eight hours in Kalamazoo, July 22nd, 2022. Oh, no. October 2022, Amtrak had a record delay, 19-hour Michigan to Chicago train trip. Amtrak train arrives six hours late to Kalamazoo in January of last year. So, yeah, I'm still... They're getting money, so that's good. I'm glad that Amtrak is getting money. They just need to use it correctly.
1: They they need control of the rails again.
0: Yes, but Amtrak in Michigan is one of the few places that Amtrak actually owns the the rails. Yeah, they own a lot of
1: good that's doing them with an eight hour delay in calendar. That's the problem.
0: Is yeah, just the Amtrak Michigan rails where do they own? Ah, it's owned by Amtrak for 98 miles from Porter, Indiana to Kalamazoo, Michigan. It is the longest stretch of Amtrak-owned railed outside of the Northeast Corridor. <laughs> and 135 miles between Kalamazoo and Dearborn is owned by the state? What? I don't know, I don't know either. It's the first I've read of this. But that was back in 2013, so I guess it's been a while. Well, speaking of travel delays, Mm -hmm. um, there was a major flight catastrophe.
1: Yeah, I heard about this.
0: On the 11th.
1: Like some pretty major flight delays, like the entire U.S. system was grounded.
0: Yes, all domestic flights, all domestic (laughs) flights were paused starting at 7 a.m., I think. Yeah, 7 a.m. till 9 a.m., so a 2-hour pause. A 2-hour nationwide pause on all flight departures.
1: That's not a small thing. No. Right? Like that's a that's a pretty major thing. And the culprit was a a glitch.
0: So have, I I'm not sure if we've talked about notums at all. I know we might have mentioned them with Starship. Because this is one of the, the keys that people use to, to find out when they were doing test launches of Starship. Because these notums, which are notice-to-air mission systems, um, basically tells the pilots, hey, you know, there are weather problems here. You know, this, air, this airport has a problem. This runway has a problem. It's all the, it's basically the, the airplane's traffic report. And, you know, the the pilot has to check into this and verify, you know, if there's any problems on their flight, because I feel like I would want my pilot to know if, you know, <clears throat> right. the runway at the airport we are going to is shut down or, you know, do not fly through this area due to a rocket launch or the president.
1: <laughs> or an F-18 training exercise. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. Any number of things that could cause them to not want the plane there.
0: Yes. So the database file, if I remember uh, what they were saying about this, pulling up the FAA Twitter page right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what did they say? What did they say? <laughs> uh, our preliminary work has traced the outage to a damaged database file. Oof. So the there is a backup so pilots could actually call up on the phone somebody who will actually you know read them the pertinent information in the notum yeah. that you know pertains to them but that's still talking to somebody on the phone and there's only so many people you can talk to on the phone until that backup system gets overwhelmed and then therefore
1: And with the national system going down, every pilot is...
0: Trying to call in to the backup, which worked for a little bit. I do have to say the backup did work until literally 7 a.m. when, you know, rush hour in the sky happens.
1: Well, the East Coast airlines all take off. Yep. And start their day.
0: Yep. So... They just were like, all right, everybody, just wait two hours. Let's try and get this fixed.
1: And they, to their credit, they got it fixed in two hours. Yes. But that's still a pretty major, like, oopsie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they already had partial res, uh, departures resuming at 8.15. Cool. So they, they realized there was a problem.
1: Yeah, so the fallout from this, aside from like a day of planes being late, uh, were people calling for Pete Buttigieg's head, which is hilarious because the transportation secretary, like, is not responsible for maintaining the database.
0: Nope. <clears throat> nope, this is just the FAA trying to do its thing.
1: And and you know, like yeah, the system should have had a better redundancy. It's a critical system, but 2 hours of travel delay. I mean, cascading 2 hours cuz like that 2 hours pushes back other things and people miss connections and things have to get rerouted.
0: Yeah, in total nearly 7,000 flights were canceled. So, you know, <laughs> It wasn't nothing, but still, it was, you know, not not great. No, no.
1: <clears throat> All right, uh, what else, Andy? Looks like we got some space news. Or do yep. you want to hit CES? We even talked about CES. That was two weeks ago. That
0: <laughs> it wasn't two weeks ago. That was last weekend. A week and a half
1: ago. Last week. Yes. Yesterday.
0: No, not yesterday.
1: Well, talk about CES, or I'm going to shift over to Games Done Quick, because <laughs> that's happening right now, and I'm sure you do not want to hear about it.
0: Well, there was... Um, Once again, some new TVs. Woo! Samsung has a, what do they call it, an ultra (coughs) short throw projector that can do 8K at 150 inches on your wall.
1: Short throw projector, and it's 150, it is 14 feet?
0: It can do a 14-foot image on your wall at 8K.
1: How bright?
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see if there's anything about there. Dolby Atmos, smart TV stuff, AK projector. Oh, Samsung has not revealed the projector specs yet. So there are assumed features, but we don't know.
1: Wait, wait, hang on. Assumed features? It wasn't there? Well, no, it was there. It's just... They
0: haven't announced many specifics about it, but you can, there was a previous model that wasn't, you know, there wasn't the 8K version. There was a 4K version. So most likely they're just like, well, if the 4K version has it, most likely the 8K version will have it as well.
1: That's mm, still, that is, that is impressive.
0: 150 inch images. That's just crazy.
1: I mean, we used to do that with like an actual projector.
0: Yes, but that was not at. 8K resolution, which granted... It was not an
1: 8K an resolution, and it was not a short-throw projector.
0: No. It was a big projector way mm-hmm. back.
1: God, how much are they... So is it is it a light, or is it laser, or what?
0: Uh, it's laser-based.
1: So you don't even need to buy a
0: bulb. No. How much? Uh, they are thinking... Um, okay, so the 120 inch version of the 4K was 3500. The 130 inch was 6500. Oh, oh, God. I knew. No, nope. no, that, that was the four K version. There is I know. only there's only one other eight K consumer projector out there, and that's a traditional projector, not ultra short throw. That one starts at eleven thousand dollars.
1: No, no 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 You can assume
0: nope. that this one is going to be at least eleven thousand dollars.
1: Yep, that is far too expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um Cloud gaming in your car? What? Yep, NVIDIA announced... Cloud
1: gaming didn't work in your living room. Why do they think it's going to work in your car? Stadia literally is shutting down, like, right now.
0: Yeah, but NVIDIA says that they are going to have the GeForce now coming to your car. If your car has a screen on its dash, you can play while the car is in park. NVIDIA is partnering with Hyundai, BYB, and Polestar. So would you want to... Would you want to race a car while you're in your car?
1: Only if I get to use the like steering wheel and pedals.
0: Yes, that w- that's what I would love. If I get to have my car in park because it's all it's all fly by wire mm-hmm. anyway. So the the your steering wheel is not actually going to
1: is is that the case for cars? I know it is for planes, but are you sure that's the case for cars? Because like I don't know, like power steering is still a thing, right? But yeah,
0: but your steering wheel, I I I believe steering wheel is going to be fly by wire.
1: I. And, I don't think that's the case. Let's see.
0: Drive-by-wire technology. Here we go. All right. Brake-by-wire. Okay. Throttle-by-wire, brake-by-wire, shift-by-wire, steer-by-wire. Steer-by-wire. That's what it's going to look like. Uh, on the 20, 20, 24 hours in Nuremberg. Okay, so it looks like a lot of... uh, There was some implementation of it, but has not had much success.
1: Yeah, I think most cars are not drive-by-wire because it's just too dangerous. Like, you need that physical connection between your steering wheel and the wheels. (laughs) Well, Dave,
0: I hate to tell you, your Toyota Prius is brake-by-wire.
1: That's fine. Braking is fine. I don't care. Who needs a (laughs) brake? Barely touch the things myself.
0: So, brake by wire, you're okay with, but steering by wire, you're not.
1: I mean, I'm I'm going to assume that the brake by wire system has a failsafe.
0: Uh, let's see. Okay, so while the braking system in these vehicles are electromechanically boosted and electronically controlled via hydraulic pumps, safety requires that there be a redundant backup in the event of electrical power failure or hardware fault. Yeah. This is achieved by means of a mechanical linkage between the brake pedal and the brake master cylinder. If power is removed, the braking system will still operate hydraulically via the pedal, but no boost would be present.
1: It'll be harder to brake.
0: Yes, but you technically should still be able to brake, even if you don't have.
1: So it's it's basically power brakes as opposed to power steering. Yes. Because power steering, if the power goes out, you can still steer. It's just a hell of a lot harder.
0: (sighs) It is not fun. I have had that happen.
1: I had my, the serpentine belt, like just just snapped, like just cut off. Uh, and so that controls among other things, the alternator Mm -hmm. and the power steering.
0: Yep. Yep. I had to, uh, the serpentine belt on the Ford Explorer when I had to change the alternator on the side of the, basically on the side of the road, no, outside of an auto zone in Wisconsin.
1: (laughs) Yep.
0: Yep. Having to having to go through that system. And go, okay, the serpentine belt goes over this one, and then it goes under this one, <laughs> it and there's over the idler pulley.
1: Yep. Bone. <laughs>
0: Connected to the idler pulley, connected to the AC unit, around yeah. the alternator, around the water pump. Yeah, man, that serpentine belt goes. A you lot of things the, go most with of the it. Car. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, my Ben still had the individual belts for all the things, which was fine when one of them broke. But then I had to remove all the three other ones in order to get the one belt <laughs> <laughs> all the way in.
1: So. So let's see. Okay. About?
0: CES stuff. Um some new yeah. TV stuff, right. some new projector, that is new laptops. Good. There's been a lot of actual automotive things at CES.
1: Well, we talked about that, right? Yeah. Detroit Auto Show got Yeah, that's moved, why the
0: Detroit Auto Show moved. is moving.
1: By by a ton. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Foldable phones, um electric boats.
1: Aren't, aren't most... No, I guess most boats are still like ass
0: mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Lenovo Yoga book mm-hmm. is actually two screens, so there's no actual physical keyboard. But the keyboard... Well, if you set it up there like it looks like a laptop, that one of the screens will be your keyboard.
1: But the keyboard... I know. It reminds me very much of the uh, the laser throw keyboard. Do you remember seeing this?
0: Yeah, where it's a little box and the keyboard's on the desk and you have to, like, tap your fingers on the desk.
1: Yeah, and it just feels wrong because there's no actual tactile feedback
0: yeah that just that does seem oh, let's see okay the six most important tech trends we saw at CES sustainability cars okay.
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> it looks like TVs are getting rid of all the silly gimmicks
1: what but I want my curved 120 Hertz 3d TV that that's sarcasm
0: I know yeah but it, well it's it's just like the fact that you know some of the TVs with the built-in smart apps just stop working yeah we we got um we got Encanto for Megan mm-hmm. for Christmas mm-hmm. on Blueberry cuz we're like yeah it's great it's on Disney Plus but for how long
1: I mean, I feel like Disney Plus is going to be around for a long time.
0: Well, yes, but there's been even time. We were watching, um, what were we watching? We were watching Dinosaur Train.
1: hmm Dinosaur Train. It,
0: yep. Dinosaur Train. Don Tyranodon. Why would you name your kid Don if your last name is Tyranodon?
1: Andy, my dear friend, you do know that people like to screw with their kids' names, right? Yes, I know. What you and Kate did is the uncommon thing.
0: I hate to say it. I'm looking at, um, we got the class picture from Isaac's kindergarten class. And some of those names, I'm looking at them going, really? Hold on, let me find one good example. All right. There's a Carson, right? Mm K-A-R-C-E-N. Elijah. A-A-L-Y-J-A-H.
1: I mean, that one, neither of them do I actually have any issue with. Elijah, especially, since that's just a phonetic of a different language anyway.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I saw the Carson and I'm like, okay. It's one of those things where I just have to look at it and I have to pronounce it as it looks. And then in my head, it goes, oh, that's this name. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, there's some more smart home stuff, and I guess one of the things that Kate even posted at me was there were multiple people at CES with devices to test your urine. Hmm.
1: testing for what?
0: Well, this is, you know, the evolution of the fitness tracker.
1: Interesting.
0: So, um, let's see, they were looking for presence of blood, uh, pH levels, white blood cells, um, excess glucose in the urine, means you might have diabetes, nitrates in, could, inter- could indicate bacteria.
1: I mean, okay, but like, uh, where A, where's the data going? B, who owns that data? C, like, Gattaca. Mm-hmm. I'm getting very strong Gattaca vibes. In fact, you know who I really don't want to get this and like to to get into this is like the insurance companies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll offer you a reduced rate. All you have to do is pee into this every day.
0: Hey, there are insurance companies out there that if you wear a Fitbit, you will get a re- reduced rate in your insurance.
1: Yep, mine is one of them. If you use various health trackers. But like, I do not want that to go any further. <laughs> Just I don't.
0: Because there's there's a lot of drug screening that you can do with urine. Yep. <clears throat> Well, it looks like one of these um, basically just has uh, a small stick with reaction paper squares, and then you take a picture of it with your smartphone, and it will color match it and tell you your levels, which now I'm just thinking, okay, somebody's going to be holding this cell phone over their toilet. Somebody's going to drop their phone in the toilet. I'm just-
1: Not uh, not just someone, many people. (laughs) Many people.
0: I guess you can use urine to figure out instances of preeclampsia. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah, no, that's, that seems to be, there's literally multiple devices at CES that are all about
1: testing your urine,
0: testing your urine at home.
1: I guess if it's cheap and effective, it saves a trip to the doctor's office. But, like, is it something you actually need to test every day? And how long until it's just built into the toilet?
0: Well, there's one of them. Uh, what was the name of that last one? Because a bunch of them are, you know, either the the paper or, mm-hmm. you know, sensors that basically act like the paper. Um, but there is one of them is Olive. Olive uh, has hardware that sits under your toilet seat and a bank of LEDs flashing towards rear-mounted photo diodes so that one doesn't actually have any paper it actually i guess analyzes the, that's the stream
1: so gross like how gross does your toilet get over time like yeah i don't know man i don't know it's it's all why of all the things to focus on this year why
0: i don't i don't know so health monitoring we're in a yep. post-pandemic world people are trying to you know make sure they're healthy yeah So, anything else you want to talk about here? So, should we hit the randoms?
1: Oh, we should probably hit the randoms. It's getting kind of late. Yep. Okay. Well, it's my review.
0: Yes. Since I kind of hijacked your review last week.
1: (laughs) Since you reviewed hot sauces of all the things to review, Andy.
0: None of them were were great. A lot of them were bad. I've already thrown a couple of bottles out.
1: Good. I'm reviewing a game that has been around for a while. Um, I believe we actually had a topic about it a couple years ago when they announced that they were going to be bringing it to Steam with graphics. <laughs> and that was that was an amazing thing, was that they were adding graphics to the game. Uh, and that game is, of course, Dwarf Fortress.
0: Yeah, I remember we talked about it because the Museum of Modern Art back in 2012 had their history of video gaming. And they included Dwarf Fortress. Fortress. Yes.
1: Dwarf Fortress is a uh, very hmm, difficult game to break into. It is um, I don't even it's it's really one of the original like community simulators where like you are managing not just, you're not managing a city you are managing a group of individuals. Right? SimCity you didn't care about the individual Individual people. No, nope. the population was just a number. A number, right? It was. A, it was a hand wave. Um, in this game, the, the population are all people. Uh, it is indirectly responsible, not even indirectly. It is one of the, the inspirations of Minecraft. It is the inspiration of RimWorld. It has a a lot in common with a lot of, like, survival sims that exist of, like, gaining resources by digging or mining and then building up from that. So, like, if you trace the the lineage of a lot of video games, there's a ton of modern games that were influenced directly or indirectly by Dwarf Fortress. But it was all text-based graphics. I I hesitate to say it's text People will say, like, oh, it's text-based or it's ASCII-based. And that's not quite true. It's not quite text or ASCII, but it is uh, text-based, shall we say. And it, it it took a lot to break into it because of that. And so now they've released their new update on Steam with graphics. And so I bought it, and I started playing it. And it is... Oh, so complicated, Andy. It's so complicated. Every dwarf in your fortress, in your community, has their own wants, desires, needs, and preferences. And this is is
0: less like SimCity and more like Sims?
1: Well, except it's Sims, but like Sims capped out at like five people in the household. Yeah. My last game of Dwarf Fortress, I reached 125 dwarves. Oh, boy. The game caps out at 200. You, when you have a popular... Oh, no. Oh, Laura's telling me I'm wrong because she is currently running a game that has... How many is that? 210. 210 <laughs> dwarves. So it does not cap at 200. Shit. Uh, each dwarf needs a root. Ru- I mean, there's there are definitely elements of, like, the sins in this of building your fortress, except instead of spending money to, like, poof, there's a house... You have to fucking dig the house. You want rooms? Cool. Build the walls, designate them as rooms. Um, it, it took a couple days to like start to parse out what the hell is going on in this game. Uh, to understand some of the mechanics, the tutorial is very helpful. Um, cause it's like, okay, now dig down. Okay, now build this because you're going to need this. Like, one of the first things you need to build is a still, because dwarves love booze. And if you don't have booze for your dwarves, they will get angry with you. And if you don't have food for your dwarves, they will die. And if you don't have a water source for your dwarves, they will die. And, oh, by the way, their clothing wears out over time, so you might want to set up a clothing industry... So that you can provide clothes for your dwarves. Oh, so to make clothes, you need cloth or yarn or silk. Okay, so where do you get that? Well, silk you can make by getting cave spider web and weaving it. Uh, if you want yarn, then you have to have. Like sheep or alpaca or llamas uh, that you can shear and then you can spin the thread, uh, spin the yarn, uh, the, the wool into thread and then take the thread to the loom. And again, you can't do any of this the dwarves are doing all of this and you can't control the dwarves directly and you sit there and you're like finally I feel like I've got like a pretty decent grasp on this and then the goblins invade and there's a (laughs) small little army like a scouting party of goblins dark forces have arrived you're like what the hell is this and they walk into your thing and they start killing your dudes you're like oh shit there's like a whole military aspect of this game that I completely ignored (laughs) and then you like to know how much stuff you have you have to assign one of your dwarves to the role of bookkeeper whose job is to go through and track the records and keep the the records like up to date and keep the stocks up to date and if you don't have one then all you have is an estimate because your dwarves look over and be like, yeah, I think we got like 30 or 40 units of food somewhere around that. I love it. I love it. It's so good. And like, it's so rich. There are so many things and there's some really, really fun emergent gameplay um, that comes out of this. Um, the fact that each dwarf has a personality, has likes and dislikes, has habits and patterns and, like, some dwarves will hang out in certain places in your, in your um, building. There's a fluid mechanics system. So, like, when you have <laughs> rivers and you want to use the river to make a moat uh, or to provide yourself with fresh water in the caves, like, you can do that. But if you have the river on the surface and you bring it down, you, like, dig a hole for it down many layers and then put a well and then tap the well into that source that you've got many layers below... Well, guess what? The water pressure is going to bring that fucker back up. <laughs> um, it's It's been a blast. It's been an absolute blast. I have been... I'm on my, like, seventh fortress at this point. Um, because I, ha- I gave one up because of uh, a goblin invasion that was just, like way overpowering there was no way i could stop it uh one i got infected with uh lycanthropy and so like all of a sudden some of my dwarves just in the middle like i welcomed some migrants into my fortress and at the next full moon one of them turned into a werewolf (laughs) and i'm like well fuck (laughs) like what the hell is this (laughs) Uh, And so I I beat the werewolf. And then a month later, they had apparently infected someone while they were fighting. And then I I finally, like, got that all contained uh, because there's no cure for lycanthropy in this game. Um, And then, like, two months later in that same fortress, one of my visiting bards was a (laughs) were-lizard. And I'm like, well, shit. Like, I'm, next game. Next. Um, Another one I dug too deep too quick. And a forgotten beast, an ancient forgotten beast came up and just destroyed, like, wrecked house. Uh, killed, like, half of my dwarves. And I'm like, okay, next. Um... But each time, you know, you learn from the previous and you grow and you get better and you put those things into practice. Uh, We've started learning about different designs of rooms that you can have for the dwarves because like you could build them a giant room, but really they only need like three squares for most dwarves. They just need a bed, a cabinet and a chest and that's it. And a door. They need a door on their room. Um, And it's just it's been a lot of fun trying out different tactics, trying out different ways to, to survive. I've really enjoyed this game. I highly recommend it if you are at all into that sort of survival sim uh, or or Minecraft type thing. The things I've seen people do in this game, the mega fortresses that some people have built, are just fucking incredible. Like, Minas Tirith in Dwarf Fortress. Oh, jeez. So... I, I haven't actually seen that. That that one's an exaggeration. I have seen Minas Tirith in Minecraft, but not in Dwarf Fortress. Highly okay. recommend it. And you said it's on Steam. It is on Steam. It is also free on uh, Bay 12 Games, except that's the non-graphics version.
0: So that's the one it's, that's definitely, like, ASCII-based.
1: Text-based, yes. Character-based. Okay. It has sold over 500,000 copies on Steam. And the really funny thing is the economists that they hired to predict the sales said high end, maybe like 200,000 copies in the first three months. I think he actually said like 120,000 copies and they've sold over 500,000. Okay. Yeah.
0: There you go. Dwarf Fortress.
1: Highly recommended.
0: All right. Random topic rolled ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Best Mm -hmm. and worst Mel Brooks movies.
1: (laughs) shit.
0: Now, are we talking like Mel Brooks movies are the ones that he's directed? As opposed to what? Well, there's been other movies that he has, mm-hmm. you know, been writing for.
1: I mean, it, it's kind of an open ended, right? Yes, he is still. It doesn't say one way or the other. I'm I personally am going with the more traditional thought of Mel Brooks movies, where it's like Mel Brooks presents. But gee, I don't, mm-hmm.
0: So we're talking producers Twelve chairs, blazing saddles, young Frankenstein, silent movie, high anxiety, history of the world part one, spaceballs, life stinks, Robin Hood, Dracula, dead and loving it. Are you, are you thinking that sort of range from sixty seven right. to ninety five?
1: Right, and apparently, history of the world part two. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, I I don't know. I did you see that cast?
0: Yes, some of it <laughs> was good. Some of it was I. Some of it's not my cup of tea.
1: Okay, I, I'm going to withhold judgment on that one until the movie comes out.
0: Yes, March 6th yeah. on Hulu. Well,
1: it's not actually not a, movie. a movie. It's, it's like no. a TV show. It's like it, a clip show.
0: It's it's a it's a skit show.
1: Okay, so I they're going to. So is the movie.
0: Yeah, so they rather than just one movie, they it's it's like a mini series. So we'll we'll see how it goes. So. Nick Kroll, I'm sorry, just
1: something about him. Just Here's here's my thing about Mel Brooks movies. They are friggin' hilarious. But, like, I just watched Blazing Saddles, and damn, like, that, that movie couldn't be made right now. No. And, like, there's jokes in there that I do not know how I feel about in the context of, like, modern society, given, like, what it is.
0: Well, it's just like um, uh, Holiday Inn. Bing Crosby and um, Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire does a tap dance, and Bing Crosby, both of them, are in blackface celebrating Lincoln's birthday. Yeah, and it's just like,
1: uh, like that's that's not. Uh, I'm not sure how we're supposed to, to take that.
0: Well, it's just like. I, it, well, it's it's always questions about that. I mean, for goodness sakes, the jazz singer historically the first spoken words on film was about somebody who was basically being blackfaced to actually do the job that they wanted to do. It's one of those things. Like everybody hears the everybody hears those first words, and then you actually look at the plot of the movie, and you're like, ooh. ooh. Really, blackface for the okay? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, thankfully, there's there's no blackface, at least not no. that I'm aware of. Oh no, there, but there is redface. Yep, because Mel Brooks plays the the chieftain. The, yep, where they're the speaking Indian Yiddish. Chieftain. Yeah. Oh, so like that's not great, right? Yeah, like.
0: I mean Spaceballs was good. But the Producers so is good. Funny. Robin Hood Men in Tights is good. Yep. I watched Young, Dracula Dead and loving it and I'm just like, "Oh."
1: I think that might be his worst, honestly.
0: Which, you know,
1: I, I mean it's not it's not bad. It's just not as good as the other ones.
0: Yeah. Um I'm like, oh, it's Mel Brooks and Leslie
1: Nielsen. This is going to be like, great. That should be amazing. Yeah. It's it's so-so. Yeah. Uh, however, what what was I just thinking? I was just, Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein other than the his penis is so amazing uh i think might be the best one
0: you know i've I've watched young frankenstein i've seen the play young frankenstein
1: yeah it was okay what yeah have you watched young frankenstein immediately after watching frankenstein no do you know that young frankenstein is a love letter to frankenstein well i yes i could see that but like they used the original props (laughs) (laughs) that's funny like a lot of the props and the set were from the original Frankenstein or were reproduced to be as accurate as they could.
0: Okay, that's kind of funny. <sighs>
1: For and me? Not to mention like it's Gene Wilder like I you know maybe I might put Blazing Saddles as both the best and the worst. Can I do that?
0: I don't I don't know. Dracula dead and loving it. it was Granted, I at some point I feel like I'm going to have to watch The 12 Chairs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Yeah, me too.
1: <laughs> that one I I'm seen like Ah! Uh, oh, also silent movie. Oh yeah! Oh shoot!
0: I forgot about silent movie. Forgot about silent movie. Yeah, silent movie. And then, well, I don't know. Robin Hood Men in Tights. That one has always been. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's still, you know.
1: Hey, Blinken. <laughs> My father. Ah, chew. Yeah.
0: But of course, Spaceballs is, you know.
1: Spaceballs is pretty high up there. Yeah. But really, young Frankenstein is to Frankenstein what Spaceballs is to Star Wars. If you if you hadn't seen Star Wars and you just watched Spaceballs, it would be funny, but not like, oh my God, I'm rolling on the floor laughing.
0: Well, not even that. Like Spaceballs had alien references into it. It, it was like, yes, it was a nod to Star Wars, but then freaking Planet of the Apes.
1: Yeah. That I mean, Planet of the Apes joke characters. at the end. Yep.
0: Oh, so yeah. No, it's 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 easy to say good Mel Brooks movies, but when you're like, okay, what's the bad Mel Brooks
1: movie? You know, I'm I'm I keep coming back to Blazing Saddles being both the best and the worst. It I'm, is I'm, the crudest jokes, yes, and there's some like racial stuff in there that is not good, but it's also just fucking hilarious and it while itself having some racism issues it pokes fun at racism and points out like a lot of pieces of racism and raises awareness
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know for me dracula dead and loving it. it i just feel like it's such a letdown because of the people in it that it, you know it feels like when you see that group you're like oh this should be great and it's not i feel like that's where it really it, it had the, it had all the pieces and it just never joined together correctly
1: uh, i may, i might need to rewatch it and I might need to watch it after watching Dracula. Because again, Mel Brooks does this like whole parody thing. Yep. And how much of that movie was really a parody of Dracula?
0: Yeah, that's that's an excellent question. Granted, you could always just watch the producers because Yeah, I mean the produ well, which producers? Oh, the original producers.
1: Okay. Not a fan of the broader Nathan Lane one? Yeah, they're okay, it's just not the same. It's, it's not. Gene Wilder and Zero Macelle. Yes. Just so good. And the chemistry is so tight. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. God, now it's just... Oh, what was the... Um, Gene Wilder and what's his name? Oh, the guy, guy from Brewster's Million. Why am I blanking on his name? I don't know. Richard Pryor. Mm. Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Those two together. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Wait, in what? Um... Gene Wilder, Richard was Pryor. Pryor works
1: oh, on Blazing Saddles but you wasn't in it.
0: There were four movies together with the two of them. Silver Streak, Stir Crazy, See No
1: Evil, Hear No Evil, and Another You. Apparently I had some movies to add to my watch list. I don't know that we're going to be able to answer this one, Andy. Like, this is... You're standing pretty firm on Dracula Dead and loving it.
0: Yep. But yes, no, just like you, I feel like I have to go back and watch these again and just... Because it's been so long... I
1: have in front of me The Mel Brooks Collection <laughs> which includes 12 chairs, blazing saddles young Frankenstein, silent movie high anxiety oh the the, the hospital one god I forgot about that one a psycho comedy Yep. A history of the world part 1 to be or not to be space balls and Robin Hood men in tights so the Mel Brooks Collection
0: does not have Dracula dead and loving in it it does not well, there's, there's my
1: evidence right there. Court is adjourned. It also doesn't have silent movie. No, that. Oh, it also. does. Never mind. It's right here. Silent movie. Oh, God. I know what I'm watching tomorrow. Watching silent movie. I gotta say, though, like, yeah, because Spaceballs has Rick Granis and John Candy. Like, that's that one's just so well done. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I don't know.
0: Well, if anybody's listening and wants to uh, wave in on it, let us know. Yep. Nine of
1: book's best films on Blu-ray.
0: Um, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening.